This is a HeadGum Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, connecting you in a safe and private online environment that's extremely convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely, thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to counselors located near you. Licensed professional counselors are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, it's professional, and it's affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com guide. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash guide. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Uh, not great. Why is that? Rain? Because of the rainy weather? I do. Yeah, that's that's part of it. I do find that my mood on any given day is directly tied to whether it's a sunny or rainy day. You know, I've noticed that too. And like, I've always had like a bit of that, but like. I think because of the lockdown, which doesn't make sense because I'm inside no matter no matter what. Um, and we're not under lockdown right now, whatever, just, you know, uh, pandemic. Don't don't go to bars and stuff. Don't or do you, unnecessary. Things. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've noticed that. Because yesterday it was beautiful out, and I was like, hey, good morning, sunshine, I'm on top of yeah, the world. Yeah, but then you just sat in your apartment for 10 hours and did work, right? Which is, I'm sure, is the same thing that you did all day today. Yeah, and, but I was like getting so much more done because I was in a good mood and like energized. Even yeah, though I that's... you know, went outside a few times to walk the dog, and that was it. That's unhealthy right we're not we're we're not well right <laughs> no not at all uh i had like a physical recently an online physical uh which th- then then guess what they can't call it a physical <laughs> i don't think they did actually i think some lawyer went over it uh but uh my blood pressure was like a little bit high and uh, she's like, oh, has anything like changed in your routine over the last year? It's like, yeah, I, I don't go outside anymore. Like, I don't get even the bare minimum of exercise. And she immediately, yes, Tim, she, a woman, 
I know you you can't believe things like that, but it's a progressive world now. Well, I know that you also <laughs> troll ZocDoc for the most attractive woman. <laughs> You're like, ah, well, if someone's gonna see me in my underwear, I hope it's a it's a it's a beautiful lady. Yeah. Well, and uh, luckily, I a did perfect opportunity to f- force a, a a beautiful woman to to, to see view, me stripped view down my nude body. Well, luckily, I didn't have to get naked on. Uh, on a Zoom call or whatever. It wasn't Zoom. It was something more secure, I hope. But uh, um, yeah, and she was like, oh, you, yeah, this is happening to everyone. Everyone is unhealthy. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, try and, try and walk more, try and get, uh, you know, some basic exercise again. I will go through phases of um, try, like doing the bare minimum challenge of like, all right, I'm going to go outside for 15 minutes today, yeah. every day, every single day. I'm going to try to get that get vitamin D. Five days where I go outside. Yeah. Um, and I fail usually. Yeah. This, uh, this um, uh, appointment, I'm coming up on the big 4 0 uh, very soon. And uh, yeah. this particular appointment, too, uh, was depressing in that it was like, uh, Basically, like, uh, you got a plan for what happens if you're, like, dying <laughs> or dead? Like, who gets to make decisions for you and stuff? It's like, oh, I, me. I'll ask me. I'll decide. <laughs> Tom, you're arguably unqualified to make those decisions <laughs> now as a well man. That, that's true. It's like, I don't know, Doc, you decide. I'll, you have power of attorney now. <laughs> you decide if I live or die. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, uh, not a cool milestone, Tom. <laughs> yeah. I can say that because I'm approaching. I'm I'm a year behind you. Well, and um, and to be fair, I don't think she brought it up because because I'm almost forty. I think it was more like what happens if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, type thing. Right. But we'll what, see. Were you just like, what do you care? You think yeah. I'm going to get hit by a bus? I, I tell you what, if I get hit by a bus, lady, I'm going to the hospital. I'm not going to call you on <laughs> Zoom. I don't care how pretty you are. <laughs> uh, well, Tim, I'm sorry to hear that that it's uh, uh, the weather's been bumming you out. It's, it's the weather, and it's also... Um, my tooth hurts and my tooth has hurt for like six months, but like six months ago I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. And uh, now, you know, I'm not fully vaccinated yet. Well, I am, Tim. I can come over and take a look at it. I told you, you I fixed take... the toilet the other week. <sighs> if I can fix looking... a toilet, think about how much smaller a tooth is than a toilet. It's it all, is. It's and all actually... porcelain. <laughs> it's true. It's, hey, I would trust you with my teeth. Uh, the last dentist I went to did tell me I had a small mouth. Yeah, you won't get any of that gruff from me, Tim. He was, I've got I've he got was, better uh, bedside manner. He was annoyed at me for having a small mouth. He's like, you know, you have a very small mouth. It's like, all right, I know. Sorry. What do you What do you want me to do about it? Yeah, the give myself a Joker esque smile. By cutting the sides of my mouth? Is that what you would like? Now who's um, the real twisted one? The Joker or it, the dentist who created the Joker? 
Yeah, so I don't want the first thing to be like, yep, all vaxxed up two weeks since my second shot, and now to the (laughs) dentist, where they're probably going to have to do like a root canal, because this pain (laughs) is significant. Yeah. Uh, uh, My girlfriend had uh, a similar thing, and like the pain got to the point where it was like, I have to risk it, and, and this is months ago. Uh, and luckily she did need a root canal, but she was fully prepared to have to have a root canal. Um, I also brought my, speaking of health, speaking of (laughs) bodies breaking down, I had to bring my, uh, dog to the vet just for like a physical man, Tim, you think human healthcare screwed up in this country? (laughs) Dog healthcare is unbelievable. Oh no. This is, this is distressing news. Well, she's fine. Let me let me get that off off the the plate first. I mean, she's a freaking geriatric, Tom. She's older, yeah. Uh, she's eleven now, but uh, but she's in great shape. Seventy seven. Yeah. Um, no seventy seven year old is in great shape. <laughs> you can be in great shape for being seventy seven. Yeah. So like, but like in. In the grand what about scheme of things, Jack she's LaLanne. Fine. She's the Jack, Jack LaLanne of dogs. Jack LaLanne still had like, you know, his skin was still sagging <laughs> off of his bones in an unsettling well, I way. I don't care if your skin. I don't think dogs. I don't think that really happens with dogs. I don't Jack think... LaLanne was like strong and stuff, but you could still kind of <laughs> see through his skin and see his bones. Well, anyway, uh, uh, she's fine, but. Um, Man, they they really get you at the vet because they're just like, uh, we could do this test. And they're like, well, should I have that test done? They're like, and they basically go like, well, it depends on if you love your dog or not. Mm. And they just run. Do you have up. insurance for Ginger? No. Everything I've read about dog like or, or pet health insurance, it, it sounds like it's an, just another scam. Oh, like people health health insurance. Yeah, where it's like you you can get this, you can pay, and then like if you ever actually need something done, it's they're not going to cover it. Yeah, I wonder where they learned those tricks. <laughs> yeah, uh, but freaking uh, blood test was so expensive. I should have just taken some of her blood and said it was mine and done a test on it because I get free blood tests with my uh, insurance. <laughs> And, like, it's probably the same test. They don't do a test for, like, let's make sure this isn't dog blood. <laughs> Tom, did they did they test your blood for mange? <laughs> but that's the thing. She didn't need to get tested for mange. She needed to get tested like a normal person would get tested for things. I don't know. I have to go get blood drawn tomorrow now. <sighs> I guess that's the thing, too. When, you, when they do the test, they draw blood. You can't show up with some vials. <laughs> And just say, this is my blood. Uh, This is the blood I would like tested, please. Yeah. I mean, do they have devices like, uh, you know, when people get like a fake. um, Yeah, like a fake bladder for like drug tests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that you can like slip on a thing? (laughs) I don't think so. Put your dog's blood into the, you know. They like, think it's coming out of your arm, but it's really coming out of a pouch that you've loaded your dog's blood into that is duct taped to your chest or something. So you're you're imagining basically me wearing like uh, swim floaties like a child would have in a pool filled with yes, my filled dog's, with- dog's blood. 
Yes. Uh, and the floaties would be the same color and texture as my skin. Ideally. Um, I mean, that's a little tough. I think what you would have to do, you'd need to learn a little bit of sleight of hand. Mm. And, you know, when they, you know, take the hit and actually uh, get get the, get the, the have the, them do the normal thing. And then you switch out the tubing somehow. Oh, I thought what I was thinking was like right when they were getting ready to, to take the blood, I would say like, what's that over there? And then I would just grab their hand and jam the needle into my, uh, you know, the, the, the floaty. I'll take it from here, doc. Yeah. Hey, I got this. Did I tell you I'm also a doctor? And they don't know what would happen. Like if you went to a doctor's office for a checkup and you were like, I'm also a doctor. <laughs> I mean, doctors have to, <laughs> doctors don't just like treat themselves. They, they no, I doctors. know. But like they're, you know, they can't <laughs> you be know, like, I said that so confidently, but I don't think I've ever considered it before this, uh, <laughs> this point. No, that, that is true. I'm saying like, if you went into a doc- Dr. Melfi went and saw Peter Bogdanovich on, uh, on the Sopranos. Exactly. So. Um, well, I think that's the thing that like psychiatrists and stuff are supposed to, uh, also see a psychiatrist themselves. It's a yeah, big, but they're not supposed to tell scheme. They're not supposed to tell their psych- psychiatrist about their patients. That's true. Uh, yeah, crimes. Yeah. Um. Well, now you've made me. Well, now all I'm thinking about is that YouTube has started recommending for me uh, videos of uh, different uh, uh, people getting whacked off on The Sopranos. Okay. Uh, Why? I don't know, but you know, the other day I watched when Tony killed Christopher. Uh, mm. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. And then I watched, uh, I forget what other ones it, they, it was giving me all the, all the big ones. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with, uh, switching out dog blood for regular blood. Oh, what I was saying to him, if I went to a doctor and I was like, oh, I'm also a doctor, they can't be like, oh, well, let me see your badge. You think there's a code word or something? They'd want to see, number one, uh, your license plate that it says MD on it. But if you're like, oh, I took an Uber here, mm-hmm. they're going to want to see that stick with the with, with the with the snake wrapped around it. So bring a stick with a snake wrapped around it is what you're saying. Yeah, but you, you don't get one of those unless you, you're a medical doctor. Uh, I think you could probably just be like, oh, yeah, I'm here for a regular checkup. By the way, I'm also a doctor, so, you know, just give me the house rate on all this stuff. Oh, you think it'll be cheaper that way? Yeah, and also, like, you can you can level with me because I'm a doctor. You think <laughs> your doctor's lying to you? I don't know. I'm realizing, too, that if I said that, they would probably just say, like, a bunch of technical terms at me, and then I would walk out of there not sure if I was well or not. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of the case uh, as it is? <laughs> Yeah, that pretty much is the case. Like, I feel like every doctor's appointment I have, I walk out of there with them being like, well, you're in tip-top shape. Except for one thing. (laughs) Except for one thing, which is probably fine, but it is a little weird. So, but there's nothing to do about it except think about it while you're trying to go to sleep every night. That's the thing. Every time I go to the doctor, I'm, I'm always like... 
oh, well, there's this concerning thing. And the doctor doesn't even look up from whatever they're doing, playing mm. on their phone or whatever. And just is like, <laughs> I'm sure it's fine, though. Yeah. You're a young, healthy man. It's like, no, I'm neither of those things. <laughs> How yeah. do you, I mean, demonstrably not young. And then healthy, no, that's what we're here to determine. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I've been lucky enough to be healthy up until this point as far as I know. But if I'm not healthy, we have to like, we're supposed to figure out if I'm healthy. It's yeah. like a, It's like a thing we're doing together right now while you're in the room with me. Well, and Tim, I know I'm not an actual doctor, but uh, I do think 38 is too old to have not had hit puberty yet. Shut up, Tom. Tom, we're not here to talk about our health or doctors or switching out our own blood for dog's blood. <laughs> well, it might it might uh, come up later in the show for d- entirely different reasons. Yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about arcade games something near and dear to your heart yeah this is almost like a part two from uh last week's uh man cave episode because i was all about them arcade games having an arcade game uh having an actual arcade in my uh basement which then i told uh, you i would give you the keys to so you could come over if like uh things got real rough in the middle of the night yeah and i politely declined <laughs> play, a few rounds need of, the keys. play a few rounds of asteroids and see if that didn't take care of things wouldn't wouldn't need to do that um tom mm-hmm. uh let me ask you this yes first and foremost um are arcade games completely obsolete at this point they for the most part are i've been to I'm trying to remember, I guess maybe like, so there are barcades, you know, we've talked about those on the show before and people are familiar with the concept of a bar and arcade. Now those are full of, uh, vintage games usually. Right. But I have seen arcade games in recent years. I can't remember exactly where, maybe at like an arcade, maybe at like a walking by a Dave and Buster's or something. And D and B Tom, can I tell you something? Yeah. I've never enjoyed going to a Dave & Buster's. Mm-hmm. Um, I have such a desire. that I told you I didn't want to go to the dentist when I get... But I will go to the dentist if afterwards I can go to Dave <laughs> & Buster's. For some reason, all I want to do is go to a freaking Dave & Buster's. Uh, I've had lots of fun at Dave & Buster's because I've had two different jobs where we've had like work outings to Dave and Buster's and they've been like, uh, all right, everybody like, uh, you know, come on over here. And, uh, I got a hundred dollar card for each of you, uh, to just go nuts today. So going to Dave and Buster's on somebody else's dime, that's a lot of fun going right. to Dave and Buster's on your own dime. That's when you start being like it. I, I'm spending too much money here. Uh, if you spend more than $5, it's too much money. I See, I disagree. Because yeah. like, if you're there for two hours and you spend like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, uh, it's 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 not as cheap as a movie, but yeah. may, maybe a 40X or an IMAX movie. That's true. Getting there. If you... Well, so I was going to say the, the depressing thing about places like Dave & Buster's now 
is that modern day arcade games for the most part are now ports of phone games. Oh. So you have like Flappy Bird, the arcade game, and uh, Fruit Ninja, and Cut the Rope, like all those types of things. Oh, I don't like that. I forgot <laughs> yeah. about Cut the Rope, though. I might re-download Cut the Rope. Yeah, Cut the Rope's actually pretty good. But, um, you That's know, the one where you cut the rope? Yeah, it's the one where you cut the rope with your finger. Right. You just like that game because you always like to pretend your finger's a knife. Yeah, and I was never able to cut a rope in the real world. <laughs> um, it's my secret shame. Yeah, it's just like, a, and they all seemingly have, not all, but I've seen ones that seemingly have like gambling type components to them. But, you know, gambling the same way like a iPhone app gambling, like game where, you know, it's like loot crates and stuff, loot chests. And, you mm. know, you're going to pay money and then you get like an actual physical card from the machine. And it's like, oh, now you can use this card in the machine. I don't I've I've never actually played them, so I'm not super familiar with how they work, but. They all looked like shit. They all looked like <laughs> simultaneously boring and very confusing. Okay, Tom, uh, are Dave and Buster's open right now? I'm sure in some states. Uh, I'm not sure. Probably they are in New York. I mean, they were there's indoor dining, so I'm sure that that would apply. You know, there would still be like a uh, cap on how many people, but. Yeah, um, I'll be fully, it'll be two weeks, here, Saturday, May 15th, you and I, Dave and Buster's Times Square. (laughs) I don't. We'll scope it out. Maybe, maybe, I mean. What, what could go wrong? We could lose our shirts, Tim. On these games. It's a business expense. (laughs) Oh, I see. We'll just charge it to the Patreon account. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, that's what the patrons want. They want us (laughs) they want us to uh, To have have fun and normalcy. Let loose Um, once in a while. Okay, before we actually talk about the the arcade games that that you want to talk about, Mm -hmm. I just it just occurred to me the paradox of Tom Reynolds. Aren't you gonna want to hear this? Sure. Have I piqued your interest? Yes. I mean, are you, you sure you don't want to save this for like a dissertation? I can exp- uh, expand on this. Okay. Um, you like arcades. You mm-hmm. like going to arcades and, and putting your money into arcade games and playing them. Mm-hmm. You hate casinos. Yeah. And you hate going in, putting your money into like a slot machine. An arcade game, the ones that you like, you pay for, but there's never any chance of you getting any money or any uh, physical, tangible reward out of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas a casino, there is that. Yeah. Um, but you you love one with all your heart, and you abhor the other. Yeah. Well, I want to put my money in and be entertained. I think is is what my I want that to be its own reward. Have you not played the Wheel of Fortune? I've played slot the machine? Wheel of Fortune. Look, nobody's it's ever got Pat, played. It's got Vanna. It's actually got the goddamn wheel, Tom. I know, but nobody's ever played a modern slot machine and had any idea what's going on. Yeah, until some of us win uh, $2,700. Was that on Wheel of Fortune? 
Yeah, it was. The, uh, wheel, the wheel spun, and yeah. I didn't know what was going on, but then <laughs> all the alarms started going off. Um, but but the the problem with your paradox, Tim, is there's nothing I love, mo- I love more than a good claw machine. Oh, yeah. Again, I think that's you. <laughs> you also claim to be, quote, very good. At claw machines, Tim. Despite I am... having no no bounty of stuffed animals <laughs> or uh, digital watches to show for it, give them to charity. Um, no, I I think I've told this story on the podcast. What charity are looking for <laughs> stuffed animals from a claw machine? It's a it's a charity that honestly they don't do good work. It's uh, yeah. They're helping all the wrong kinds of people, and that's why they accept uh, shitty things like uh, claw machine stuffed animals. No, I thought I've told this story about uh, like um, fairly early in in my relationship with my girlfriend. Uh, I was bragging, like, of course, this came up during conversation multiple times. How good I am at a claw machine, and then. Finally, we were somewhere where they had a claw machine. She's like, oh, look what it is, a claw machine. Like, let's see, uh, Buster. And I won something on my first token. And wow. yeah, and it was like, oh, wow, this guy means what he says and says what he means. Wow. And that was when she fell in love with me. That seems like a real pickup artist uh, <laughs> scam, right? Where it's like, brag about something yeah and then surreptitiously put yourself in a position there and rig it to win and then she'll always think you're telling the truth and that's when you can really lie yeah get what you want then you can get away with anything she was a little suspicious at first why there was a claw machine in the hallway of my apartment uh but you know i think just the fun of winning kind of put all those concerns aside it's a it's a smooth move, Tom. And uh, you were wearing that sharp fedora. She was she was eating <laughs> out of the palm of your hand at that point. Yeah, Tim, I was still peacocking, still out there, peacocking. My brain's out. Have you? What are some of your favorite arcade games? Because I actually I'm not talking about like uh, I'm talking about video game arcade games for the most part here. Yeah, um, I never really liked. Video you, game arcade. You bragged to me about a video game arcade achievement uh, not that long ago. Really? Oh, yeah. a couple of years ago when yeah. uh, I finally beat the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game? Yes. Yeah, me and some coworkers were at Barcade. Mm-hmm. I think we wound up putting $400 into <laughs> it, and there were four of us just furiously mashing the buttons for about... I don't know. The whole thing was over in about 12, 13 minutes. Um, <laughs> the game's not that long when you have four guys, four drunk guys really wailing away on it, <laughs> willing to just continuously shovel in any money that it asks for. Yeah, that's always, you know, the the trick with any, I guess not any game, but games like that, like any beat-em-up games, that it really is just if you want to keep putting money in, you will eventually win and beat this game. Um, I recently played that first uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game on a um, like an emulator, and uh, that game is very cheap, like uh, the hits and stuff. 
Like there are a mm-hmm. lot of hits you can't avoid, uh, which right. uh, is how it made money. Yeah, but you and I, be it at a um, Spaceplex, be it at a Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. be it at a JJ Doodles, mm-hmm. um, if that machine was there, you and I were playing it. Oh yeah, it was never like we were never like, oh no, that game's too hard, or you can't avoid <laughs> no. the hits. That game, I remember the first time I saw that game because that game came out very, very soon after the cartoon started. So it right. like came same thing out, with the Simpsons game, yeah. which was like essentially the same game. It was like yeah. season one of both these shows. Yeah, well, both of those were made by Konami, uh, right. so uh, I'm not sure if it was like the same team, but it probably was. Um, if it yeah. wasn't, they had some redundancy there. <laughs> let's be honest. Um, yeah, Konami because... could have been like, "Hey, guess what? <laughs> uh, we had the exact same product come from these two different teams." <laughs> um, yeah, because that Simpsons game has some weirdness in it because it was made so early on that I don't think they gave the you know the the team in Japan working on the game much other than. Like, here's some sound files, and here's yeah. some drawings of these characters. Uh, go to you, town. You, you can always tell when something is, uh, like, really early Simpsons first. Like, uh, starring the Simpsons and those twins, Sherry and Terry, and Dr. <laughs> Marvin Monroe, everybody's yeah. favorite characters all, on the Simpsons. All the big characters. Um, but, yeah, similarly, that... Anytime as a kid you went somewhere and they had the Ninja Turtles game or the Simpsons game, it was like, I mean, I can't even imagine for like our parents. It must have been like, ah, fuck. <laughs> like when they walked in and saw, because those cabinets were so bright too. Like the yeah. Simpsons one was the the blue sky of Springfield. Like you you couldn't, it, it had the Simpsons color palette. Um, and like, the, I guess the Ninja Turtles one did to a certain extent too but there was was darker you could see their eyes peeking out of the sewers yeah but there was just no ignoring these these machines if they were in the building and you were a kid you would see them now that i have um, a lot of friends with kids Mm -hmm. um the way that they talk about their kids tom i think uh our parents walked into a restaurant you know Mm -hmm. like because i know they like pizza hut and uh what was that place? The Ground Round, I remember. Yeah, they, I'm mostly they had thinking about Ground Round because they had Simpsons and Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I think our parents probably walked in there, Tom, and were like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'll give my kids $5 and I can sit down with my spouse and have a conversation for 20 minutes without these two jackasses <laughs> these two uh, yammering in my <laughs> Screaming. Um, and not me and you, we don't have the same, we're not brothers. <laughs> right, right, but we both but we have each brothers. Have a, we each have a sibling, and uh, yeah, that's um, what Yeah, because the ground round, which was, ground round, what would, how would you describe that chain, Tim? Um, it was a casual family affair, but um, they had popcorn on the table, uh, and uh some uh, the the parents can get steaks if they wanted to, but it was more of kind of they're probably going to get a burger. Yeah. Um, and um, here's what it was in the 80s and early 90s. 
on Tuesday nights, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you come with your kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they put your kid on a scale. <laughs> they weigh your child for everyone to see. And you only have to pay one cent for every pound your child weighs for their for their meal. Yeah. Uh, what a, what an innovative idea to to you know <laughs> charge your kids by the by the pound. Um, and it was a way, and you know you got your kid weighed for free. That was uh, you know back back in the late eighties, early nineties. Scales were expensive. Not everybody had a home scale. Sometimes you had to take your kid to ground round. Or, you know, the doctors um, uh, nickel and diming you. You're just like, hey, guess what? Skip the weigh-in. Yeah. I got this printout from the ground round. I got this receipt. Look. Only cost me 68 cents. Why did the... Yeah. Like, why even bother with all that? Why not just be like, uh, you know what? uh, Every Tuesday, kids eat for (laughs) $1.50. Why go through the trouble of weighing a child and be like, well, no, you're not 70 pounds, you're 68 pounds, and we're going to save two pennies here. It's fun. They also had helium balloons they would give you. Yeah. It's a great place. They really, they looked out for kids. And they had, I forgot, they had like a separate bar that like I never went into or no, I, I remember going in there because that's where you'd have to go to get change sometimes. Yeah. If I the change the, machine yeah. wasn't working. And then they had like, <sighs> they had like one of those, maybe like love testers in there. And I remember always thinking like, Oh, there's a hidden video game in here. And it was like, Oh no, it's just some weird eighties bar game to i don't who know was, flirt with women or something for that i don't know i'm thinking it was all about like all those like 80s machines that were meant for co- coin operated machines that were meant for bars were just there for like flirting purposes of like hey yeah let's let's go take the love meter test together let's let's see what it says or, or the the strength test. Let me show you how hard well, I can stre- grip. Hey, the strength tenth was cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. I guess you're right. How else you're supposed to show how strong you are? Uh, I would. I mean, when I was by the time I was dating, the you know they didn't have that kind of thing, so I would have to try and lift my date over my head. To prove how strong I was. And you're right. Things back in the 80s were a little more elegant in that regard. This episode is sponsored by Upstart. Do you dread looking at your credit card statement every month? I don't blame you. But Upstart can lift that weight off your shoulders so that you can finally feel the relief of being free of credit card debt. Tom, Mm -hmm. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. So whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. And unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. That means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. <whistles> yeah, 
Tom, I saw the look on your face there. Uh, you can re- you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash guide. That's upstart.com slash guide. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash guide. This week's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Tim, you know, sometimes when we're doing this show, we have to research some topics like murder, uh, uh, marijuana, all kinds of things that I don't know if I would necessarily want people knowing that I'm uh, searching for. Yeah, but we have to do it as part of our extensive research yeah, for the topics that we cover on this show. Exactly. It's it's an occupational hazard. Uh, I know probably what a lot of people out there are thinking, why don't you just use cog- incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browser history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or uh, what do we have around here? Optimum. RCN. Yeah, RCN, Time Warner, all these people. ISPs in the AOL. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure server so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time... I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link, our exclusive link, Tim. At express Thank v- you. <laughs> at expressvpn.com slash guide. And you can get an extra three months for free on a year uh, one year package. That's expressvpn.com slash guide. Expressvpn.com slash guide to learn more. Tim, I want to talk to you about some of uh this well, I'll probably burn through all the stories, but uh uh, so it can't be a reoccurring segment on the show, but uh, Tom's arcade memories, some of the, the fondest <laughs> memories I have at arcades and honestly, some not so fond memories. Tom, let me ask you a question. Why do you think this would be a recurring segment and not just something we talk about on the arcade episode? I don't know, because maybe how I'm... is this relevant to any other episode? Your arcade? Why not burn them all now? That's what the episode's <laughs> well, about. Maybe people are maybe people are going to I don't like... want to tell all my hot dog stories on the hot dogs <laughs> episode, because uh, I might want to talk, you know, uh, if we're talking about uh, sports cars, I might want to talk about hot dogs. Well, look, if the, if this segment really picks up steam, then maybe I'm just going to have to get back out there and start hitting the arcades again come up with some new stories tom i want i want to make new stories may 15th saturday dave <laughs> and buster's times square um so i have a few 
I'll start off with the bad ones. First, I remember, do you remember uh, the the Bayshore Mall that had the I arcade? Do. And it was like the scummiest place on earth. And you had to go down a long carpeted hallway. The entire hallway was carpeted, not just the floor. I remember I was not allowed in that arcade. Yeah, um, I was not I allowed no on my own. I had no desire to. They also had, what was the Chuck E. Cheese ripoff? Oh, uh, uh, Rockabilly, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah Showtime, the Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. Showtime Pizza. They had one um, at that mall, and that's what all, all I cared about. And my <laughs> parents never brought me there either. I only went to that mall to go to like the Sears or whatever that was there. Yeah. Uh, but when my parents didn't want to drive the extra five minutes to the better mall <laughs> yeah that that was always like the sketchy mall and this is in the 80s before like malls all got sketchy um but i do remember that this is old enough that this actually predated like change machines there was an actual arcade operator that would walk around with uh with like the the belt thing with quarters very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but because that place was sketchy, uh, I remember as a kid getting a uh, Christmas gift stolen while I was playing a game. Like I had left the bag on like the side of the arcade machine or between my legs or something. What and gift was it? It wasn't. It was like something for my brother, my little brother. It was probably like $10 worth of stuff. But you know, as a kid, that was like very like, you know, that was probably the first time I had like actually had something like new stolen from me yeah. and not like stolen in like a playground way where it's like, oh, I thought this was mine. I went home with it. It was like, no, this was somebody who was like, that's not mine. I'm going to take it. <laughs> not like stolen in a playground way, he <laughs> says. <laughs> Yeah, no, ten, a $10 item being uh, stolen for, like, one time I remember at that same mall, Tom, I had a $5 bill in my hand, and I don't know I don't know what my plans were at the mall, mm -hmm. but walking in, I was probably six years old, and I was like, well, I have money to spend at the mall, so I better get it out in the parking lot and, uh, <laughs> you know. Make sure I have it in my hand while I'm, uh. Yeah. And it was really windy, and it just blew away. And I was <laughs> devastated for like six weeks after that. It's just like five dollars, just, just down the drain. Five dollars, yeah. can you believe it? I think we we're both probably we didn't know each other at that age, but I think we were both probably like similar kids in as far as like losing money or losing something important. I think like fuck me up in ways that still affect me to this day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know what it was and i think i even like you know started crying about it in the parking lot and my dad was probably like oh yeah it's yeah, five dollars whatever five dollars put it put it in your pot here's another five dollars just yeah. like uh calm down everything's gonna be all right <laughs> you learned a lesson um I even remember the game I was playing, Tim, it, because it was a bad game. But you'll be interested in uh, a piece of trivia that I just looked up to make sure I was right. I remember this from being like, I don't know, eight years old. Um, but it was a game called DJ Boy, where it was like a beat-em-up <laughs> game. And do you called know DJ Boy? DJ Boy. Okay. Do you know who the DJ was in this game? DJ AM. No, Tim. It's none other than Wolfman Jack. 
Oh, oh, this is a oh, this is a real hip game. <laughs> yep. It was horrible. Jack. Everybody, every uh, every eight year old in nineteen eighty nine's favorite guy. Well, it was Wolfgang also like Jack. it was also like very obviously like an extremely Japanese game that they like quickly translated and brought over. And, you know, otherwise had like a bunch of stuff where it's like, I don't know what this is. Uh, it might have even been one of those games where like there's Japanese uh, writing in like, you know, on store signs and stuff. And they were like, eh, whatever. That's too hard to fix. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I was playing something like Ninja Turtles or The Simpsons, that would be one thing. But I was playing this dumb game. That uh, so you walked around as 1950s radio rock and roll. <laughs> no, DJ. you didn't play as Wolfman Jack. He did the voices. He oh, he was like the DJ. Uh, the, the, you know, over talking over everything. What was it? Was he narrating the the action? No, the technology wasn't there yet. Uh, it was just was like, the technology hey, I'm even Wolfman have his Jack, and and. Here's DJ Boy. It was like something like that. Like the game would start and he'd be like, I'm Wolfman Jack. Here we go. And then so you didn't even get to play as Wolfman Jack? <laughs> no, Tim, you didn't get to play <laughs> you, as Wolfman Jack. You must have been devastated. Uh, I thought that the game had something to do with actual Wolfmen, which I think is what attracted me to it in the first place. And I was pretty disappointed that I didn't. Wolfman Jack. Look, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I assume he's, he's dead. dead? <laughs> uh, he sucked, right? I don't know. I have no idea. He sucked. I mean, that like I said, that game got got my brother's birthday present stolen. He was a Ninja Turtles figure of all things. I mean, I guess he wasn't all that. He was like fifty when that came out, probably. Yeah, probably probably made a good chunk of change from that. Yeah. Um, next I would like to talk about, um, you know what, Tim, would you rather I stay on Long Island or would you rather I travel overseas? Let's, let's, let's have a little overseas flavor. Okay. Um, I like, I don't know, like 10 years ago now went to Japan and went to the arcades there and, Man, oh man, it was, I don't know, one of the best experiences of my life. It was something that I dreamed about as a kid, going to a Japanese arcade. And of all things, they had Street Fighter 4, which was like not out yet anywhere. And they had it. And I was like, man, if I could tell, you know, the 11-year-old version of me, guess what? You're going to be in Japan and they're going to have a Street Fighter game that's not out yet. And you're going to get to play it. He wouldn't believe it. Tom, I often think like, oh, if you told 10-year-old Tim this, he'd be real impressed or real excited. 10-year-old Tim, like, whatever. His, 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 when you were 10 or 11, your imagination wasn't, like, cool. You played a video <laughs> game. Yeah. You'd be like, all right, and did you get married to Kathy Ireland or no? Um, The... So I played this game, Tim, but not only that, I played this game against uh, a Japanese man who was there and I beat him and he was so mad that I won 
It was humiliating. I don't think he was allowed back in that arcade because an American uh, came in there and beat him in Street Fighter Four. It was all Tom. You got you got played because you you were just like, oh, cool! I'm freaking king of Japan now because I beat a <laughs> Japanese guy at a video game. I'm gonna stay here and keep shoveling my money into these. No, these I walked away. He wanted to play again, and I walked away. I don't know if you would like or hate Japanese arcades, Tim. You might like them or hate them for the same reason, which is that they're full of uh, salary men, you know, uh, in suits after work, just chain smoking cigarettes, playing, <laughs> sitting in front of an arcade machine and just playing video games. <laughs> makes you think I would like that. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't particularly care for video games. I don't smoke. Uh, I don't. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. It was like kind of a cool aesthetic. Yeah, maybe. I'd like know. to see like a, a picture of it. Yeah, sure. it was. Tom, full... did you take any pictures while you were no, there? No, I didn't take any pictures of the of any of these arcades. I don't know what what I was thinking. I should have taken Tom, a picture with me and the man I defeated. This was like, this was like, what, 2008, probably 2009, maybe. Yeah, probably around there. That was before the ubiquity of uh, iPhones with good cameras. Yes. Yeah, because I had an, well, and that was also, I had an iPhone and that was before iPhones were in Japan, I think. So like my iPhone just didn't work. I thought you were going to say that, again, the Japanese people were so uh, humbled by your presence. (laughs) No, Tim, uh... there was a guy. I've told this story because I went to a bar and there were like a bunch of Japanese guys like (sighs) looking at me. All right, Tom, I I don't endorse any of your your stories. (laughs) You don't have to. But like finally... Like, I kept looking at them, like, you know, and I'm thinking, like, oh, no. You know, I've seen a lot of uh, 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 movies about the Yakuza, and I'm thinking, wow, we're about to get into a knockdown drag-out fight in the middle of this place. Because um, they were looking at you? Yeah. Because they just kept okay. looking at me. And then finally, uh, one of them came over, and he was like, do you have an iPhone? And I was like, Yeah. And they they all came over and they were all blown away. And uh, at the time, it was when I worked for Apple and I was like, oh, I actually work for Apple and I had my business cards with me and I gave them a business card and they lost their minds over that business card. And like one of the guys just like, oh, Steve Jobs. I think he thought I was Steve Jobs. Um, and uh, what? And I had a great time. Like I, I bought them around to drinks and we all hung out and like we couldn't really talk about stuff because I don't speak Japanese and they didn't speak much English. But we all got hammered together. and It was a great time. And they were all salary men as well, Tim. Yeah, they tricked some freaking dumb American into buying them drinks all night. Well, that's fine. fine Honey, they think I'm Steve Jobs because they're dumb. <laughs> they're just like... <laughs> No, uh, not because they were dumb. Americans it was just because they were, round they were round. impressed with, uh, or at least pretending to be impressed with uh, very mediocre things about myself. Um, 
but yeah, so as a result, like I I don't think I carried my iPhone around much just because it yeah. didn't do anything. So I don't have any real pictures. But that was also I went to Sega Joyopolis, mm. which is uh, uh, a big Sega owned arcade slash indoor theme park that Michael Jackson's been to. <laughs> oh, he's, oh, he's been there. There's no specific Michael Jackson attraction or anything. No, There's no Michael well, Jackson was, moonwalker. He was still alive at this point, but there was like basically a shrine to like the one time he came there with like mm. pictures and signatures and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that place was also awesome. They had a weird 24 game that I played. Uh, that I didn't really understand how it worked. You had to go around and scan things throughout the arcade, but it was all in Japanese, so I didn't know. There was a weird prison break thing that was actually more Both of like, these, the TV show Prison Break. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Somehow they had to deal with Fox at this arcade, I guess. Uh, prison Break thing, which was kind of like interactive theater. Like there were actors in it. And you had to like, that's cool. yeah, and you had like, you know, laser guns or something and you had to like escape prison that I loved. Um, Tom, were, were these, were the actors <laughs> very impressed with you because you were American and were they the, were the they cowboy sh- boots or whatever. They all came out and shook my hand afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I'm not joking. <laughs> they did all come out and shake my hand afterwards. <sighs> It was an exciting time for everybody, Tim. It was Japan in the in the late aughts. Uh, um, there was also like a crazy. Now you were the first American. Uh, the, the, I was the only American members? in there that I saw. Uh, okay. Me, me, and my girlfriend at the time, we were the only Americans in there. Uh, and and I I soon realized why because everything was in Japanese. There were like very few games that I could actually play. It was the kind of thing where there were... Did you play the original version of the Wolfman Jack game? Did you <laughs> no, finally track I, that down? I don't... Well, first off, according to Wikipedia, uh, the the Japanese version does not feature Wolfman Jack. But um, no, it's like one of, those, one of those things where you're like walking around looking at the games and you're like, I don't even... It's not, oh, I can't figure out how that game works. It's like, I don't know if that's even a game. It's just so confusing looking. Um, you know, just like so much text on the screen and stuff. Like, yeah, you know, I think they had things like ro- like arcade role-playing games where, uh, you know, it like required you to like sit and play it for hours or whatever mm. and, pro- you know, pay- and pay accordingly. So that Tim, that was my journey overseas. Now, now we went from your some like bad things happening at the mall in Bayshore mm-hmm. to some of the best experiences of your life to being welcome with open arms as a king. Yeah, Tim, I will still never get over. Like I would love to, I think, retire in Japan because. At the bar, everybody put their pocketbooks up on a hook near the door, and that was fine. Nobody stole pocketbooks. What are you, 90 years old (laughs) saying pocketbooks? Purses. (laughs) And nobody locks up their bikes. I want to take a bike just to teach everybody a lesson that they should lock up their bikes. (laughs) That you're an asshole? (laughs) 
Yeah, teach them all the stereotypes they've heard about America are true. So, Tim, that was my experience uh, more or less overseas at at uh, Japanese arcades. I loved every minute of it. Um, but the memories I have over here, the first one I wanted to bring up actually is a nice segue from Japan because this was a game that I was led to believe was a Japanese exclusive. And it was, this was a Japanese machine that they had imported. And this was the afterburner at Adventureland. And it was a machine that could, that could go, (laughs) what? (laughs) You're saying this with such gravitas. This, this means anything to anybody. It means a lot to me, Tim. <laughs> this machine could could turn 360 degrees. Do you remember this at Adventureland? <laughs> Adventureland was a is is a uh, an amusement park. Yeah. So um, this Farmingdale, Long Island, kind of like uh, a, a small market. <laughs> yeah. Great yeah, it's park. like a, a highway side amusement park. Um, Tom. Their Very roller coaster small. doesn't even have any loops in it. No, it's basically like a permanent carnival. Right. It's um, nice. I, I have some fun. Oh, yeah. It's, it was fun. And like, you know, living on Long Island, like, I mean, as a kid, I always thought it was like hours away. And then once I learned to drive. <laughs> That's what your parents wanted you to think. <laughs> yeah. And then once I learned to drive and it was like, oh, there's a 15 minute drive away. Why don't I go here all the time? So they had... Um, and that's when you, you uh, went every day to Adventureland when you were 18 <laughs> years old. They had... Uh, so Afterburner's like a a jet fighter game. You're, you're flying a jet fighter. But this version, it was a capsule, like a, a, a sphere. And you would go inside. You would get... Excuse me, strapped in. You're getting too excited, Tom. <laughs> Take a deep breath. And this thing could go completely upside down, could do complete flips. Um, and it, it was, ex- I don't remember how much it was, but it was like, you know, $10 or something to go on it. And they like had to have like a man there to make sure like you didn't fuck around and decapitate yourself. And also like all the warnings and stuff were written in Japanese. Um, but I got to ride it twice because, um, like, when I was going upside down and stuff, like, I, I don't think I even, like, tried to play the game. I just, like, wanted to flip upside down. Uh, I let my body go, like, completely limp, you know, to get the to get the full effect. And I hit the emergency button by accident, like the emergency stop button. And it ground. <laughs> because you let your body go limp? Yeah, my, my knee hit into it. So the whole thing shut down. And I was like, what? No, I, that was an accident. So they let me do it again. How old were you at the time? 25. <laughs> no, I don't know. I was probably like 12 or 13. Okay, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, I pictured you for some reason like 17 or 18 doing this, which... No, I would have. But um, And I did intentionally hit the emergency button at the end of the second go to see if I could be like, what the hell? It happened again. But they were like, no, it happened with like two seconds left in the thing. You're done. You did it on purpose. Yeah, and we saw you hit it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, 
Tim, that brings me to uh, <laughs> the the crowning achievement in Long Island arcades, which was in the late 1970s, when a baseball player named Brett Saberhagen opened up a little place called Brett Saberhagen's Hit and Fun. Now, this was a big deal. Brett Saberhagen was a major league ball player. He was a pitcher. I think he won a Cy Young Award at one point. Yeah, maybe. And he moved our moved to our he town. Played, he, he, down... he pitched for the Mets. Yeah, and a number of teams. He was right. Uh, he was he was, a, he he was, was living in New York he was... because he was pitching for the Mets. Yeah, he wasn't some third rate uh, third stringer or anything. No. He was he was a real guy, and he moved to the rich section of our town, which mm-hmm. neither of us lived in. Yeah, um, built a I big had always there. heard that he bought uh, Barbara Streisand's old house. Barbara Streisand didn't live in our town. Yeah, that's what I always thought. But anyway, <laughs> anyway. you know, what a weird never, rumor. It never occurred to me that we lived in a very small town, and I heard that like a million times, and I never heard a single tale of like somebody seeing Barbara Streisand. So that makes sense. <laughs> um, I will say also, this guy moved to town, and like. I don't know. I was a casual baseball fan. I was never really into sports, but I knew about him because he was on the Mets. Um, but I acted like, uh, like, oh, suddenly I'm a big Brett Saberhagen fan, <laughs> and like my dad came back from like the bakery one Saturday Sunday morning with uh, with donuts, and he's like, ah, oh, Brett Saberhagen was at the bakery. I chatted him up. He's a nice guy. And I was mm. like, you. Met <laughs> Brett Saberhagen, and my dad was like, "Do you even like?" <laughs> yeah, like you don't, like, you you don't, don't have a poster. The Mets. <laughs> yeah, um, and so uh, he moved to our town, and then he was like, "I'm going to buy this property that had this depressing bank on it." Yeah, I'm gonna knock down the bank, and I'm gonna build a batting cage slash arcade mm-hmm. slash family fun center. Yeah, like laser tech, I think they had to. All yeah. all that nonsense. Man, when that happened, and I think like I don't know why. I don't know what was going on in my life that I didn't know about it until it was like opening. And that was the best way to to hear about it as as a giant nerd that was like, hey, they're opening a arcade you can ride your bike to. Tom, do you remember opening night? It was like a yeah. freaking Hollywood premiere. Like anybody <laughs> yep. who was everybody, anybody was there, right? And like there were, they had those lights that like uh, those spotlights that just went into the sky. And I remember uh, a friend of ours, Thomas Gambino, mm-hmm. um, like had like just turned 16 and was like just old enough to work there. And like he was one of the the first you know people like that welcomed you as you got yeah. in. Like it was so cool to like have an in there. He'd be yeah, like, oh, it was hey, like guys, I know one here. of the arcade operators. Yeah, and uh, it, that was just a magical night. The the <laughs> opening of Brett Saberhagen's Hit and Fun. Yeah, I can't remember. There were like a bunch of like D list celebrities there, and I wish to God I could remember who who they were. And I also, it's a weird thing that, yeah, it was, it was like a big premiere, like a big grand opening and full of like weird celebrities. But then we were there too, just as like normal kids that could just go to the arcade. Yeah. I mean, 
it burned brightly because like it started in the late nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like probably like ninety well, seven. Yeah, I want to say around ninety six, ninety seven. By two thousand five, it was an old age home and continues to be. Like, it's a senior <laughs> residence now. Yeah. Um. Well, I remember because when it opened, it was again as somebody who was a big fan of arcades. It was insane because they had every new game. And every machine was new. It was like everything was state of the art. And that was like right at the peak, actually probably past the peak of like um, arcade machines being demonstrably better than home machines. Right. Like this was around when like PlayStation came out and it was like, oh, now we're almost there. This is pretty close for like I remember they had like some new Tekken game that did look better than anything on PlayStation, but not that much better. Um, so this was like a little after arcades heyday because that's what I wanted to talk about too. There's there's not much time left now, but that <laughs> you, were, you were too busy talking about how <laughs> you were revered in Japan for, well, for a multitude of reasons. Um. that in the 80s and 90s, early 90s, mid 90s, arcades were like a glimpse of the future because the the games looked so much better than what was capable on home machines at the time. So that was another big, where it was like, you would play something and be like, this is amazing. And in... I don't know, seven years, I'm going to be able to play something that looks this good at home. Um, so Brett Saberhagen hit the, the tail end of that. Um, and pretty much when they stopped making arcade games, I think. And I also remember one of Brett Saberhagen's other downfalls was that they never got any new games after that opening night. Like, that was it. I think for him, he was like, well, the kids are going to come here for the batting cages. Right. And probably also, like, we went all out buying brand new machines for the opening. Now you're telling me if I want to sell this machine that I paid, you know, 10 grand for, I'm only going to get two grand back? No, we're keeping all these machines and we're not going to buy any new machines. So there was just never anything new there. So after a certain point, like you had played everything and you were, I don't know, looking for something new and they just never had anything new. Yeah. Well, I will say mm-hmm. that uh, they had skee-ball and they had other things that yeah. uh, produced They had tickets. Uh, bowling as well because my little brother and his friend Pat um, one time, uh, decided to run down the lanes and, you know, dive into the bowling pins and Brett Saberhagen himself appeared out of nowhere to scream at them. Uh, he was right to do it. Uh, it's a lawsuit. Oh, absolutely. To I didn't know. Uh, uh what were you going to say? I'll, I'll let you finish. Well, one time we won enough tickets to, uh, kill a man, uh, hire, hire a hitman. 
now uh, to get a uh, Jurassic Park uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh puppet. yeah, I, that I became remember a Stentor, that. Tom. Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty cool prize. Did they have food at Brett Saberhagen? I think so. I I don't understand. Like I intellectually know that. Like I spent some time there. <laughs> yeah, but I have so few memories of actually being there or what happened there yeah and there were just like weird like i'm i'm vaguely remembering where the laser tag was and it was like a weird like trailer inside the building like the building was like a warehouse it was it was a very big building with very high ceilings um i also found out from research online that um the well, the building was constructed to resemble Ebbets Field, and that the unnecessary, <laughs> and that the uh, the business was uh, managed by his uh, his then wife Lynn Critelli, and Lynn Critelli is famous from she was in the group Pajama Party. Uh, that uh, had a hit song called Yo No Say that I thought for sure I'd never heard of that song or that group. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, I know this song. And uh, you would you would probably it. know the song too. But their marriage <laughs> has since ended, I think, because of the stress of running uh, Brett Saberhagen's Hit and Fun for Brett Saberhagen. My brother also claimed that Brett Saberhagen was uh, noti- noticeably drunk when he came downstairs to yell well, at what I mean, you've already <laughs> disparaged uh, I'm... the fine uh, residents of Japan. Maybe uh, don't also get us a libel lawsuit. Uh, look, I'm just reporting on what I heard. I cannot uh, uh, verify it. Are you are you listening to Yonose right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll wait till we're 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 done. Uh, are we gonna have to do an arcade game? Is this part one? Is what I'm asking. No, I think this 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 is it for right now. I mean, unless <laughs> unless people demand more, we I might... feel like I had a, a lot of notes about like arcade culture and specific games. And... All right, well maybe it's part one. I do have more Tom, to talk we about. Ta- we we this is an hour long show. Mm-hmm. The title was Arcade Games. We didn't say the words Pac-Man even once. Yeah, I and mean, Pac-Man's like a little before our time. I played a lot of Pac-Man. Time. Oh, I mean, I oh, played sorry. it a lot. Miss but, Pac-Man. But we weren't around for like Pac-Mania. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that like we don't need first-hand knowledge. We do a lot of research here, Tom. Well, then we do need first-hand knowledge. What do you mean? If we're doing research, I want the research to be hands-on. I want to be there during Pac-Mania. Otherwise, what do I have to say about it? Tim, we'll follow up with part two, and then we'll do part three when me and you triumphantly return to uh, Dave and Buster's on May 15th. Tom, somebody... Well, let's do the plugs first, and then uh, if you then like the talk. show, check out tcgt.com. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com/slash/completeguide. Follow us on Instagram at tcgte. Follow us on Twitter at Complete Guide. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. You follow me at your pal Tim. If you want to support the show, check out our sponsors. Also, check out patreon.com/slash/completeguide for our Patreon. 
books the podcast uh we're in the middle of reading well tim's in the middle of reading a wrinkle in time uh and he's telling me all about it on the show and that's how books the podcast works you get all the back episodes as well patreon.com slash complete guide all right yeah we got other stuff too okay um we've got other stuff too you just want to say (laughs) yeah we have other (laughs) stuff too it's cool uh you know we got like merch and stuff yeah i don't know the merch isn't good tommy you know what i want to (laughs) make what do you mean the merch oh you don't like it because because of the coward astronaut shirt that you yeah you put words in my mouth you claim that i you your story is that I claim that all astronauts are cowards, which I never said. And one day there's going to be an astronaut tragedy and I'm going to look like an You're asshole. You're going to get canceled. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and there's going to be shirts to prove it. And I didn't approve <laughs> these shirts. Well, look, I, I admit, Tim, when the design came back from the designer... I could have not asked for, hey, can you put Tim Says, S-E-Z, right above it in graffiti type? I'd like to make a shirt that um, features my groundbreaking sandwich creation, the Timbo. Oh, Um, well, maybe. They've actually been asking us uh, for more designs. Okay. Well, great. Um, So uh, hang tight. And uh, send me your... your, uh, your Timbo creation. I feel like uh, I haven't talked about the Timbo a lot. I'm yeah. making a lot of, um, in, well, not innovations. Tom, <laughs> can I tell you something about the Timbo sandwich? Sure. It's the sandwich that will be my legacy. Uh-huh. It's a Texas grilled cheese. toast. Oh, Texas toast. Yeah. Oh, Woo-hoo. that makes a lot of sense. All right. Yeah. Uh, Tom, I'm gonna post some. I'm gonna post some pictures because like really caramelized onions and Texas toast, mm-hmm. cheddar cheese. Oh, look, I'm. Uh, Timbo 2.0 is coming, and uh, <laughs> maybe we'll 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 uh, we'll we'll earmark some time at the beginning of an episode <laughs> to, um, to go over this, it. The dregs here where nobody's listening. Um, but somebody on Patreon said um, what we should do for um, a Patreon series, mm-hmm. um, and what we've been doing is between books, the podcast epi- uh, yeah. books. Yeah, um, we've been like doing like a palate cleanser episode. Mm-hmm. Um, one where we like go to New York places and report back. And I think as we're emerging from this yeah. year plus of bullshit, mm-hmm. it would be kind of fun to do like a Tim and Tom take New York and yeah. one week go to, to Dave and Buster's and then another week go to the freaking Empire State Building and, uh, you know, report back on this stuff. Yeah. Tim and Tom take you go to the Oculus. Yeah. Be cute. It would be cute. We'll have to also uh, hire somebody to film a montage of us <laughs> uh, scampering from place to place. Tom, I, I think I think we we often discount how cute the two of us are. It's true. We should. I, we should I, I hear that more and more. <laughs> as soon as you turn forty, I think we should really <laughs> lean into how your cuteness. Yeah, we should really embrace how cute we can be. <laughs> yeah. That'll be very nice and not humiliating at all. <laughs> we'll put a little beanie with a, prote- or a propeller on it. And you'll have a big oversized lolly. You wear short pants. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>